Howdy friends, it is Monday, June 13th, 2011. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your Otter Editor, and with me as always... Tunes the driving cat, the cat that can sometimes drive a car, you know, necessary. episode 10B and of the, first the Bad episode. Dog Book Club. This is our 10th yeah. episode. Holy cow, that's, that's a milestone. And can you believe it's the first episode I'm not stoned out of my head? No, what happened? I just didn't have any. Oh, okay. Well... Alright. I don't uh, know what I'm I don't know. Do you want there. that to be out there? What, do you want it to be out there or not? You're I'm the one not that was sure. you're, you're the one that was telling me earlier it's, it's it's awful of me to be in the closet to my family about being a furry. So now I have to it be, is awful. I have to be in the closet with the furries about being a drug addict. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Fair I'm gonna tell them all about my fair enough. heroin addiction too. That I started with the Amish kids back well, in the Now you're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those Amish kids. Yeah, well they're they're adamant. Well, yep. Uh so yeah, it's a milestone and it is also our first uh, heterosexual sex yeah. episode. So thanks everybody so, for listening. We'll see everybody. You. you thought it would never happen. These two fags sitting here, but yes, we will. You know, read straight stories. Please send us straight stories. Um, tunes to stop fiddling with things. All right. Well, so. if you're sending us straight stories, I won't. Uh, <laughs> I don't pump. He's here all week. All right. Uh, so. Yes, we're we're recording again at uh, Tunes's place because he's on a little bit of schedule. He's going to, off to his little emo, bright eyes concert yep, tonight. I'm going to be so, so sad. They're calling for rain. So again, again, we are sitting here, semi nude in the heat, but it's not as bad as last. I time, have my so. socks off. I feel naked. There you go. I have I have my socks and no shirt. So. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes, no service. Damn. <laughs> Uh, so yes, today's story is Buckets, which was sent into us by Jinx Tiger, who is an avid listener and sent us a really awesome uh, letter, I don't know, a month or two ago. And, you know, it was, and we said, oh, glad you enjoyed it. And, and then I said, you know, we're looking for stuff, so if you're right. And he's like, well, it's straight. And I said, you know, we do do straight. So, well... Skip does. We'll listen I to it. We'll along. listen to it anyway, and we'll talk about it. I was um, straight for at least sixteen years of my life. There you go. That's the way I see it. There you go. Yeah, and that's that's how it works in America. You're straight until you're not. So, mm-hmm. or just assumes. Um, but yes, Toons is pretty darn gay. Though he switches whether he's by whether he's um top or bottom from day to day. Yep. And and I'm and from bar to bar. I'm by on the gay side of that. Um, Seventy thirty or something, and fervently toppish. Because it's important. Yes, yes. I'm I'm really not a switch top or bottom, but I'm a nice guy. You know, that's well, you what say, people. You have to say can't people, be nice guys. But that's that's what I get a lot. I mean, I get a lot of people like you're a top, but you're nice, and I'm like, uh, okay. Do you think the guy in the story's nice? Oh, because he's very toppish. Is he? But well, I, I get that impression. I, what the, the impression I get from this, which okay, I want to say first of all, I haven't read the larger piece. This is uh, no. taken from. We should mention that that, um, and this is something that's going to play in, I think, to our discussion of the story at several points. Is that this is a section of a, I think, a novel length thing that Jinx is working on, which he mm-hmm. excerpted and sent in to us. So that's going to factor in our discussion at several points. So yes, okay, so. That we just to establish and remind folks that this is a selection of a, from a larger work. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I got the impression he was a very topish guy, but I also got the impression that he's a priest, right? Mm-hmm. So he yes. probably has to uh, really mute these desires. Yes. I, it's not stated explicitly in the story that priests have to abstain from sexual activity, but that's the impression mm-hmm. I get. Mm-hmm. From the fact that he shows up at a, uh, a whorehouse, oh, sorry, a whorehouse apparently distant, uh, that's rather distant from his hometown, right. and when he gets there, he hasn't apparently... Yeah, he makes a trip, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes here just for, uh, what's her name? Uh, Brittany. Brittery. 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 Not Brittany, Brittery. Brittery. The names in this, by the way, just a little bit weird. Kind of hard to they find. Are. They are. They were a little hard to get into. Um, but, Whatever. At any rate, the guy, it's, you get the impression that he has to really hold it in mm-hmm. until he gets, and, and maybe that's what's fueling his, um, what he considers a deviant desire. And I wanted to talk about right. that, too, because I think that's one of the more, I think that's one of the more interesting thing, points that the story is making, and that's something that actually appealed to me about this, because, you know, just to remind folks, the kind of framework of the story is we start out in the parlor of a whorehouse, and then the client... Or a client comes in, mm-hmm. and you know there's a little bit of conflict as to whether the brittery will service his client, mm-hmm. and then they go upstairs and they do their thing. Um, but right, the, the, then it's all like, why won't? And there's there's this tension that's building up and up, and that she really does not want to sleep with this guy or spend time with this guy, no matter. And he keeps offering more and more money, and I think it starts out at. 3000 and ends up going to 10 which she says is five times what he normally pays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, because she really doesn't want to do it, and he's desperate to be with her, um, despite her protestations, and she right. eventually relents. But So it starts building up as, like, you're, you're immediately reading it, and I'm sitting here going, you know, oh my god, what does this guy want? Yeah. You know, what is so crazy that she won't do it? And and I think that's one of the things that kind of appealed to me in the story is that it's set up to be crazy, crazy, crazy. And we get to the thing, and it's not... I mean, I was sitting here like, okay, please, you know, I hope this isn't going to be like so a scat story or something. That, <laughs> did you find that a, a relief when it turned out that the kinky thing wasn't really quite so kinky, or did you find that a bit more frustrating? Because I found it kind of frustrating. I wanted mm-hmm. a payoff there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's uh, insecurity more or less amounted to uh, something, like almost like a religious conviction. Mm-hmm. I guess it would have connected to his whole... I think whole... it changed what the story was about. And if you and it kind of tricked you a little bit. So I think I could see how that w- would be frustrating. And, and it, it kind of um, increases the complexity of the story, which is... Let's leave aside the first part for a moment, but once, say, we get the two of them alone, Thompson and Brittery alone, you know, it looks like, okay, now they're going to have sex, and it's a pretty, you know, straightforward porn story, and there's going to be this really kinky thing, and so it's, oh, it's a kink porn story, and that's your expectation, right? and then it ends up not being that. Um, I think it, for me, it did so in a way that kind of added depth to the story, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and gave some you know, complexity to the characters and turned what the story was about into something else. But if you were going into it, I think, looking for you know, a good kink porn story, you, would, you could be disappointed. I can see that. Yeah, because um, I was just glad it wasn't something like scat because it was being built up so much, and I was like, oh man, I don't want to read like anything really far out there. Maybe <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just you know not my cup of meat. Um, oh, gross! 
What an awful image to so, use. Oh, thank you. Uh, I know artists are carnivores. Remember, we, we talked about this over oh, lunch yeah. today. Artists are carnivores. What are raccoons? Raccoons are omnivores. Omnivores. We eat garbage, You'll though. eat... You're, you're opportunistic eaters, but... Driving yeah. cats eat asphalt. Ha! <laughs> there you go. All right. So, no, I, I can see that. But for me, you know, all of a sudden, because the actual kink, such as it was, wasn't too far out there, all of a sudden it turned into, you know, so why why are both these people so hung up on something that doesn't seem like they should be that well, hung think... up on it? And that's where the complexity comes in, because then you have to stop and think about, okay, so what, if if the issue isn't the act itself, what is the issue? I think Brittery's issue is quite simply that it hurt. That's the, maybe, I, I but feel she like says maybe it's I might not. not entirely. There's, there's a line in there where she says some, or she thinks to herself, um, you know, she wants to say it's just the physical pain, but it isn't. You know, and, and there is this kind of admission to herself that, you know, she derives a satisfaction from what they're doing, too, and that right. isn't the issue. So what is then? Well, what's the, the big climactic moment for this guy? What does he make Brittery do? Well, he, he, you know, he can't be clean or cleansed. Yeah. Now, when you talk about dirty desires, that's actually mm-hmm. kind of representing dirtiness in a very mm-hmm. literal way, just mm-hmm. by using like, the, the, the concept of sin mm-hmm. and putting it within the body, which is just kind of a, a, of a weird thing, I think, to do for a pulp, because it actually it draws in these religious themes that I never would have attempted or thought could really go comfortably into pulp, but it, it works kind of well. I think that's so common, and, and maybe you're saying that because I don't know how you're religious upbringing was in detail, but I did not come from a particularly religious family. But I know I have a lot of friends who grew up going to church every week. And for several of them, there is this kind of conflation of... And I think because a lot of Christianity in the U.S. does place so much emphasis around sex... Mm-hmm. in various ways, that there is this conflict and conflation of issues of sex and desire um, that, that becomes something that can be an erotic power to people. But specifically, mm-hmm. uh, Thompson is a priest, so I think even right. just beyond you know people's general relationship with God or whatever, that's actually kind of a social uh, role that people mm-hmm. fill, whether mm-hmm. you... I mean, even a, an atheist can accept that a priest might serve a role in serving people and helping them feel, find some kind of inner happiness, even if they're cynical about the concept of God themselves. Right. What I find interesting about this Thompson character is that he seems to be um, at conflict with his ability to fulfill this role. Mm-hmm. I think that is where his uh, erotic center comes from, because mm-hmm. he, he, he can't save this uh, harlot, right. apparently, is, is what's ah, really getting him. See, that hadn't that come He can't to me. save her. And I feel that might just be because he is clearly going off to indulge in these sinful uh-huh. desires he's probably pretty insecure about himself being a conduit of uh purity and things like that but then at the end you know what she says to him is i could say you know you can cleanse my sin mm-hmm. is that giving him power or giving him permission to save her then i i, I read that as much more of a um well that section of the story i more or less just read as dry bargaining 
I think that might have been a result of being kind of distant from the material, being mm. a gay person, and maybe not. You're a but then again, no. But then again, I do want to say my abstract persona, my old one, was the sexual, the, the exchange of sexual access for economic security. Yeah. So I should have been thinking that. You I just have seen found the portraits, dry. guys. The the character portraits. There are where uh, of your old persona. Oh right, <laughs> right. my abstract, persona. especially the inset blown up pictures of your genitals as that persona because you got to have that in a character portrait nowadays Mm -hmm. it's it's required it's it's rule 13 of furry law is you have any character portrait has to have a blown up inset of your genitals so well i need to get pretty weird i need to get a portrait from my new abstract persona yeah which is organized opposition to cub labor laws so i need to get someone to draw a scene of like 1920s factory town and a bunch of cubs with missing arms like marching for their right to work for 12 cents an hour because you know how else are they going to live arms are not so they're like a (laughs) homunc i mean they're all like connected together or something well they're trying to join a human chain but there's some difficulties obviously gestalt organism is that what you are gestalt organism yeah that's um, a single it's like a portuguese man war which is actually thousands or millions uh, i think it's thousands of individual organisms I mean, mm-hmm. it's if Portuguese managor is not a single living creature. It is actually a collection of living organisms mm-hmm. that have joined themselves together Communism in a particular works. fashion and coexist with you know and playing the same roles. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the Portuguese managor isn't a single animal. It's it's thousands of animals working together. It's, it's crazy, interesting. yeah. Um, so yeah, you could be that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, that's yeah, no, I want to know real quick. Thompson. I want to know. Okay. I just want to know. Everyone else, send in your abstract personas, because I want to know what they are. Oh God! Why? Just leave a comment. Say what your abstract persona okay. is. Okay. That's all I want to hear. Um. So that's Thompson's issues. What are Brittery's issues then? Because she's the one, you know, digging in her heels about this whole exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what's, I mean, why? Because that, that, that kind of becomes, I think the second question is when you get to the final thing is, especially if she then goes on to say, it's not the pain, really. Or I'm paraphrasing her, but that's basically what she said to herself at one point. So what is the issue here? Bittery is ostensibly one of the more major characters in this work, right? Mm -hmm. I think we might be hitting into one of those issues with trying to excerpt things where Mm -hmm. Bittery's, uh desires and motivations might have been covered a long time ago mm-hmm. and in this section for sake of not being redundant mm-hmm. maybe they're you know kind of left unmentioned so that they could focus on thompson it was probably I, i'm assuming being a bit more mm-hmm. and being introduced in this in this section H- how does one avoid that do you think when they're trying to excerpt from larger pieces how do yeah. they make sure that all the information gets there mm-hmm. and that you know, unnecessary well, kind of expositional this things. This is a good thing out. to talk about, and I think we've featured one or two other stories so far, and they're coming to mind, but w- which are excerpts of longer works. Um, and it is a challenge. Like, how do you take... And we encourage people to do that and to send something in that's... Uh, if you have a, a chapter or portion of a novel or something you want to send in, that's great. Um, but I think there's some... It's, it's very difficult unless the chapter is written from the get-go as a standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that I'd say that a lot of listeners might recognize is you know, the first part of Kyle Gold's Out of Position. Um, he released as a standalone, and it very much this whole 
kind of first night between um, Dev and Lee is, you know, very much it, it's a story that can stand on its own, but it serves to introduce the characters mm-hmm. and then follow their threads. It's um, easy to do that when it's the first pick. Pa- exactly when it's the first chapter, it's easy to do that because you know then we're not we're not having to pick up anything mm-hmm. that we might have missed. This is obviously further along. I think the problem here for me, I kind of divided this story into two parts. Um, and the first part is down in the parlor or whatever of the right. whorehouse. And then we go upstairs or b- out back, whatever it is, um, with Brittery and Thompson. Right. For me, the first part, it doesn't exactly work. The second part, I thought, was very good. Um, and I think, I don't know if there's anything inherently bad with the first part. It's there just, is. It's, yes. it's hard to follow. You kind of get thrown into this thing, and there are all these. There are many characters talking over each other, mm-hmm. and we have no idea who they are there's a and distinct... why they are acting the way they act. Yeah, and there's a reason for that, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, part of this is, of course, probably because it comes in comes in later in the story. So a lot of these characters' identities may have been you know mm-hmm. resolved and covered mm-hmm. already. But uh, there's a distinct stylistic difference between the first half of the story and the second half of the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. The first half of the story consists almost entirely of dialogue between the characters, right. and any uh, any kind of descriptions of these characters tend to be references to each other. Right. But there's no grounding there, so you can right. say this person with the name I am having trouble remembering right. is smaller than. We this don't even person. know what species most of them are. Yeah. For instance, and in even then, a species. Story can't really be that helpful mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure out real personality right. and, and real, motivations yeah, yeah things like that so we're kind of we're thrown a little bit i think maybe too much into the deep end and then before we get on to what i consider the main part of this mm-hmm. story which is this tryst and this kind of negotiation and, and what happens and so right. how to fix that um in this case, because I, like I said, I really like the second part, and uh, so I think we probably had too much out front, and I think you could probably start the story or start the excerpt that we was offered as a scan later on. I think much closer. You know, you could probably start it when Thompson comes in. Even what I think they ought to do is do a lot less showing and a lot mm-hmm. more telling. I thought you said you hated that. I hate that. Well, I hate the <laughs> advice. Hate the saying, they always yeah. say, they always say, show, don't tell. Yes. No, I'm telling, tell, don't show. Because mm-hmm. right here, all, all uh, I believe Jinx Tiger is trying to do is trying to develop these characters through mm-hmm. their, their dialogue and try to demonstrate mm-hmm. the way they speak and the way they interact with each right. other. But it doesn't really work that well when there's no central reference point, right. no real hard imagery mm-hmm. to, uh, to, develop, to develop these characters in your reader's mind. Mm-hmm. To a degree... Telling is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I think all that this first, cha- all the all the first section of the story really establishes is mm-hmm. the environment of a whorehouse. Right. That's all it establishes, and I think that could have been done much more elegantly by saying, "By the way, we're in a whorehouse." Yeah, or you know, a couple of paragraphs describing it, who's there, what they're doing, and then Thompson mm-hmm. comes in, and you're off. So I think that's something that you know other people looking at sending in an excerpt of a longer work could do. Um, you know, is is sit down and look at okay, what is the core story this excerpt is trying to tell? Um, so maybe that's not exactly a chapter. Um, you know, maybe the core part of this chapter is a shorter story within that, and I think that's the case here. 
Um, so, you know, we don't need to start at the beginning of the chapter because it's the beginning of the chapter in the novel. Start at the beginning of the central story in this right. chapter. Um, and you may need to, you know, throw a little bit in front of that to, you know, kind of give a little more insight. You know, sometimes you need to know who the characters are. Sometimes, sorry, as you don't that much. No. Um, I think we learned enough about Thompson and Brittery for them to be interesting once we get into the two of them talking. And, but most and of their I was comfortable developed during the sex. Hmm? Most of their care gets developed yeah, during exactly. the sex. Yeah, exactly. And that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so works. I don't know why people would so we just don't start need, with we the don't sex. need exactly. I think I think right. I think in this case and and maybe you could start a little bit before, but I think in this case you could probably chop out most of that other of the of the first part of the story here because in this context, not having read the rest, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't help our story and it's confusing. So it even detracts from it a bit. Um, what 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 ends up being a really I, I thought enjoyable story. And so, to clarify, wait, this is some, not this is not your advice on how to improve the story itself. Just your advice on how to improve presenting a section of it to an audience. Exactly, exactly. Because I mean, it's not badly written. There, no, it's not. I, the dialogue is wonderful. It That's is. a personal thing for me. I don't like dialogue, but the uh-huh. dialogue is, is well written. It is. Yeah, it just I'm might be a little a little bit unnecessary for what it specifically right. we were we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's just I guess in a gist, it's tightening up your excerpt, you know, sentence. So focus on the core, focus on what's important, and give the audience enough information to make sense of the story, but not too much and not too little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. So there you nice. go. Yeah. Um, so, but it was interesting, and I, I purposely was glad, you know, we had the whole reading so we could talk about this issue because it's one that I've seen before. Um, and even things like fang submissions, which I look at, will get this too. This mm-hmm. kind of thing where we might get an excerpt from something, and and so it's like, okay, how do we? How can we re-edit this? How can we retool this to fit in by itself as a standalone? Uh, so very interesting. Um, oh, let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Well, uh, let's see. See, uh, we we did survive the head sex. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, I Wasn't figured. I figured there was enough. Well, I figured there was enough. Um, Big throbbing cock in there that you could handle it. I just imagined that Brittery was a dude for as long as the story would allow yeah, me to. Yeah, but I guess you. Well, what you said earlier was, oh, yeah, there was, but it was about fifty percent of the. Of yeah, what I'd like yeah, <laughs> about half the amount of dick I needed. Yeah, in yeah. Story. There, oh well, it's tragic, but no, I thought it was good. Um, it did make me think, though, and this is something that uh, doesn't often come up in furry writing, but it's something that I for whatever reason, have thought about is, okay, so we're clearly dealing with, as as you so eloquently put it over lunch, animal dongers. Animal yeah. dongers. Animal dongers. Um, very... Well, I don't like them. Yeah. I don't like you're, animal you're dongers. You're a human donger I've, ri- I've written animal dongers before yeah. people like them, and yeah. I understand there's one thing, that, like, the knot thing works well mm-hmm. in being able to just take up to another and it's level very when writing. Too, yeah. No, I don't see it like that. Okay. To me, like getting well, fucked by a dog donger is like awful and alienating. Sounds <laughs> <Okay>. ridiculous. No. <laughs> I'll remind <laughs> myself not to tie next. No, just kidding. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> Otters don't have. Oh my goodness. But I, I don't know. Like how, how? It's a taste thing, I suppose. But do you think that whenever you're writing a story, you're necessarily going to alienate some people by doing? Animal or, or non-animal dongers? Is that just a, I mean, a Some people seem to, to be make? really hung up on it. And honestly, for me, I really don't care, um, art-wise or story-wise, really? whether they're human or animal. 
dong dongs. I feel so silly saying dongs. Dong. Whether they're human or animal cocks, I really don't. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, and same with art too. So I know some artists and people get really hung up on, you know, dog cocks or. And of course, people on Lowell's freak out about everything. And they always go like, know. "Well, most of them are animals anyway." It's like, yeah, well, it's so, like, well, if it's so an what? animal cock, you're so you're what? you're you're really fucking animals in real life, and it's like. No, that's a really big leap. No. So, uh, leaving that aside, I here we've clearly got zoomorphic animal parts. Um, and Gross. I thought this... <laughs> I thought this brought up a good point, though, because in real life, and if we are kind of attributing-wise, um, you know, canines generally have much larger cocks per body weight than cats do. Mm-hmm. And so this does kind of come into the story. That was terrible. It wasn't intentional. I apologize. Well, I tend to think of that uh, as a weakness. But, but, you know, she's a cat and he's a dog. That you know, And so there, part, there is this kind of a little bit of a parts incompatibility here. Right. Um, which is, is an aspect of furry story writing that we don't often see. And I kind of liked to raise this question of Parts and compatibility. Well, it's going to be a strength. I thought it was weakness. interesting, so uh, that appealed to me. Kind of addressing this issue, especially when you know you read these stories where you're like, "His two foot horse cock." Oh my god, that's awful. And I have the the skip mm. um, the skip horse cock rule. By the way, is that okay? He's allowed to have a two foot horse cock if. He thrusts three times and comes in under ten seconds and then deflates. Just like a real horse. So you sure you can get the size, but you also get the performance. That's how it works. That's my rule. There we go. Uh, Personally, I'm okay with people having horse characters so long as the last commission they ever get of it is their character being ground up into dog food. Ah, that's that's that's, that's what they do to horses when they're no longer useful. Shocking. That's real life. Like, see, if you're offended by it now, you should do something in real life about it. It took a suddenly shocking and disturbing <laughs> turn, dude. All right. This, oh, is, why I'm just trying to wake people this up is why I can't take them anywhere. To the secret of, you know, animal abuse. The you know, they secret. have to, whenever... whenever sounds like a terrible children's book. Whenever they sell thoroughbred horses overseas, they have to include buyback bi- clauses or else uh, they have a history... Of just sending the horses off to slaughterhouses, where in America it's standard just to let them die in, uh, you know, what are they called? Stables? Yeah. Yep. So, which is better, our method or theirs? Mm. Keep in mind, they're animals. There are, there are thoroughbred rescue places, you know, around. In America? You could donate, yes. First world problems. (laughs) There he is. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. I might Um, not grind the horses up into meat. So you, so you, you definitely prefer human dogs. Well, I don't know. Maybe animals. I just grew up around too many horses. You know, I grew up in Amish country, so yeah. every every day, like the horses would drive by my house and shit in the street. My dog go out yeah. and rolling it. Yeah, I'm bitter at horses. Okay. They made my life demonstrably worse. Okay. Had had to deal with them. You're kind of Maybe, freaking me out now. What's wrong? With <laughs> I'm allowed to dislike horses. I'm allowed to dislike horses. Is what I'm saying. Okay. People know people always like. I don't know why people always like horses. I think they just have this kind of mystical, kind of playful image associated with mm-hmm. them. But not if you're actually nearby them. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. No, they've never been. I mean, my sister loves horses, and I, I don't know horses. I can take them or leave them myself. I'm much more of a dog person mm. than a horse person. I just think it's funny to see the the horse drawn carriages going through DC because it's like, yeah, that sounds like so much fun being stuck behind a smelly animal in traffic. Yeah. So, did you have any favorite lines? 
Oh, I don't I have a favorite line uh-huh. particularly, but I really like the negotiation scene, mm-hmm. if you want to consider it a negotiation, because mm-hmm. just like the... the uh, I think it really got across very efficiently mm-hmm. and uh, very viscerally how deep Thompson's desire was. Because yes. it's not like he wasn't like really trying to outmaneuver her. It's right. just like he, he's going to keep desperate. going on. I mean, he is, he is, it is, you know, literally a desperate need for it him. It does get the desperation across. Yeah. And the desperation actually has a, a, a an effect on minimizing the kind of aggressive... Mm-hmm nature you would presume would come from the sex otherwise. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a, a unique sex scene in that way because oftentimes when these uh, scenes are written like this, they're much more hurtful. Brutal, brutal. I think you could say. Definitely yeah. brutal. Yeah. And this one actually kind of goes to the opposite. It's like it's tempering it, it at every step. It kind of mm-hmm. tempers it and says it's not going to be that bad, it's not going to be that bad, but all the time explicitly saying how awful yeah. this is. It just creates kind of a, a neat little um, turn. Mm-hmm. For this, that you wouldn't expect from most stories. Mm-hmm. That's what I liked about it. I mean, straight story. Well, that's, I that's think good writing. Brittany's or Brittery's issue, um, you know, stepping back to that for a moment, was I think it was you know really about control and respect. When and it was nice to see that in a story about a prostitute, where mm-hmm. you know a sex worker can, you know, legitimately, you know, want more respect and get mm-hmm. it. And I thought that was that was cool to see and, and well written as well. And that's the main issue for it. I don't think it's the fact that it hurts, but it's the fact that it hurts um just because it's all about him. You know? I always I thought that it was specifically because he's supposed to be someone who was meant to save her. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And he kind of resents that. Yeah, I think she yeah. does resent that. I uh-huh. don't know how exactly it, it parses in her head, but I, I do mm. think that's the There's the definitely things going on here that I think have to be addressed in the larger story. But you know, no, most of the story but... she expresses her objections as just mm-hmm. the sheer size of it. Right. Now you might want to... But do, it's obviously might, not just yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. What I want to say is you might want to read between the lines and say mm-hmm. she has a deeper motivation from that, yes. but in terms of just the porn, mm-hmm. that's hot. Yeah, it it's is. really hot. It like, is hot. oh, yeah. this dick is too big to handle. It is hot. So I don't know. See, that's why I thought you'd be okay with it too, because you know, well, like I said, half of it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, and then it was totally hot. Yeah, definitely another problem. You know, listening in the car, I go, <laughs> readjusting my shorts. You know, oh, anyway, anyway, every week. Good thing I don't listen it to these on the metro. It does happen every week. You should listen to them in the metro. No way, that's not like, private. Sit your, both your hands in your pockets, to, you know, hide. That's terrible. Yeah, I used to. Awesome. I used to be able to put my stories on my nook, and I would kind of like proofread them on uh-huh. on the the train, but yeah. then my nook broke. Uh, don't buy don't buy e-readers. You're getting a new one, stuff. I thought. No, right? are they replacing it? I decided I don't like them oh, okay. because I don't like having all my stuff in this one little device that can so easily just decide to stop working. Yeah, I mean, I have a dollar fifty a month subscription to a magazine on there. I have like uh, yeah, half, like a dozen well, books. If you get that it I got. replaced, you can transfer it to the yeah. The get device. it replaced and go through all that work, and then maybe have to spend one hundred thirty bucks for another one if they won't replace it, and have to buy a new mm. one when they upgrade it. Whatever, yeah. I'll just buy books. All right. I'll buy dead dead That's trees. Good. That's good. I don't have one yet, guys. I don't know. I think I'd like to. I think I'd, you know, mix, have a, have a reader and... and uh, hmm? What I use it for, what I think mm-hmm. it is useful for, for writers, mm-hmm. is just to be able to see what you've written uh-huh. firmly in front of you, because that helps you editing it. Yes. 
Kind of like they always say, you should print out your reports before you hand them in. Yep. It's the same thing. And I, I, I gotta say, as an editor, uh, my advice to all you guys is, is, you know, read your stuff out loud. Like, if it doesn't sound good while you're reading it out loud, it's not gonna read good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Listen to the editor. Well. Read well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to the editor. You to read good. Yeah. Um... No, that, that, uh, let's see. I guess my favorite line was a little bit. There was a little. She said, uh, Brittery said something about, well, you know, get to the four, like, uh, get to the start anyway, because at least that, you know, that's always my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thompson goes, funny, said Thompson. It's the ending that does it for me. <laughs> and I really like, I mean, it's a very playful and coy little line. And there's a, I don't know, maybe that, is that a, particularly heterosexual line maybe you know a little so. a little male female sexuality joke I think um, so, which yeah. i still appreciate it well they anyway. do say that men are all about the orgasm right mm-hmm. right you've ever read oh what was that smash phallic imperialism that's like one of my favorite <laughs> <laughs> uh, look look it up online it's like it's one of those things where you don't have to take it seriously even right. though they want you to yes but it's a fun read just to read about like heterosexist physiognomy or something mm-hmm. like that. that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite phrases I'm totally ruining it, though. Yeah, well, that's good. I like heterosexist physiognomy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but I, no, I like that little uh, male-female joke. I also thought, and I was wondering about this. I read and just talking with some of my more st- narrow straight friends. While I say there's a lot of, uh, they don't know how big they are relatively. They don't. Which amazes me. I don't know. Straight listeners, true, help no. us out. Like I've talked with a lot of straight friends who. They have no idea. I mean, they know how big they are because they've taken a ruler because they have a Y chromosome. You know, <laughs> so they've done that. But in terms of relative size compared to other guys, they have no idea what, you know, X inches represents. So, which, of course, all gay guys know, you yeah. know, roughly, because we got it. It's important, um, you know, relatively The last time how I we measure sh- up. So I, I, I thought it was cute. Um, for me, as a gay guy reading it, I thought it was really cute that he had no idea that he was big, but also very believable. Hmm. The last time I asked this straight guy to whip it out, I was like, oh, you're uncut. Just last night? No. Just, like, <laughs> Just kidding. I was like, oh, you're uncut. And he's like, what? Yeah. Like, didn't you're uncut. Know. You have foreskin. Uh-huh. Oh, what's that? Yeah. It's the thing on your dick. Oh, I thought my dick was broken. <laughs> Yeah. What the fuck, straight like, dudes? Dear straight dear, guys. Dear straight parents, it is okay to talk to your sons about these things so they don't think they're broken. Okay? Our, it's okay to do that. Are straight women this ignorant about their bodies? I hope not. I By hope the way, not. It's literally Pride Weekend in DC. Yes. This is the weekend we chose to do our straight story. Yes. Pride Weekend. Yes. <laughs> I am proud of I'm proud of a straight story. I'm proud. I'm of proud of sex. I'm shit. proud of sexuality in general. So that's that's how I roll. I'm disgusted by it. That's why I'm that's studying good. it. That's why you're. That's why you have a podcast about it. Yep. You're studying it. Yep. I'm disgusted that's by it. Disgust- and I want to figure it and out. And you find the disgust arousing, don't you? Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep. Um, so I think that about. But you know, it makes noise when you're throwing stuff around and fiddling with stuff. Does it? Yes. Oh, it really, You really can pick it up. I should listen to the podcast. <laughs> you probably should, because I get people asking me, like, what's that noise? And I'm like, oh, that's Tunes' clicking the pen, or that's Tunes' <laughs> like, thumping around. Or, okay. I don't know, I like I like atmosphere. Yeah, sometimes this is me. we get a little much. I'm, I'm but now I have right had, now. I mean, I had Buck at the con go like, 
what's that, like, snapping noise periodically? And I'm like... Buck's the guy who said I sounded effeminate, isn't he? No, he said I sounded like a chipmunk. We sounded like chipmunks. We sounded like chipmunks. Buck's like, what was that, like, snapping noise? And I'm like, well, that was Toons was going, like, you know, until I took the pen away, so... I'm in a splash pool right now. I'm sitting in a splash pool. Oh. And I've been trying to keep very still and silent, so I wouldn't, you know, make noise in the splash pool, but... Yeah. We can't have nice things. No. Uh, so, I think that about wraps us up for the week. Um, I know next week we have a, uh, cube triangle story coming down the pipe, and I think Alex will be reading that for us. That's the plan, anyway. It may change, you never know. Tune in next week. But yeah, Things thank happen. you for, wow, 20 whole weeks, uh, 10 stories and 10 discussions. So thank mm-hmm. you, listeners. That's pretty Thanks, awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for yeah. indulging us. Yeah, we're still, uh, I don't know, no complaints yet. Do we so have I, I have no plans to stop. Yeah, do we have listeners? I don't check the numbers. <laughs> we could be just, com- we talk. We could be talking to like a dozen people. We could, something. we could. That's fine with me, though. We'd be talking to pie people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I heard several, uh, well, let's say some outraged uh, bottom, or uh, some outraged top writers... Uh, who were horribly offended, you know, and said, well, I'm a top, and I write? Are you saying I'm not a good writer? And I was like, that's whoa, That's exactly what's like, going through my calm, head right now. Calm down. And I was like, hey, I didn't say all. I said many. And apparently, <laughs> writers who are tops are really insecure about the fact that they're tops, because they, they definitely freak out and get all defensive. So I'm not, not to, you know, name names or say things, but, you know, guys, if you're, if you're tops, you got to be confident. Did That's you personally Did you personally consider the possibility that they were really bad at writing? Because it's possible. Oh, not these guys. Not these guys? Not these guys. Oh, okay. Not these guys. All right. Not these guys. Yep. Lots of people are very bad it at is. writing, it it's turns true. out. It's true, it's true. But these were, the, well, Alex was one of the people who was like, <gasps> you know, freaked out. And I'm like, Alex well, is a top? Yeah. Oh, Alex. Oh, dude. He hasn't tried to get in your pants yet? You're, like, the only person in America. I'm, like, I'm an ocean away. The only person in the world. That doesn't matter to Alex. Uh, um, but in the I'll have to get others, one of those rape had, prevention uh, had, things. Uh, Kandrel, you know, who's weird, you know, was like, I'm a top, and I'm like, well, that's not what you said to me. And he's like, well, you're an otter. It's different when it's the two of us. And I was like, oh, snap. Otters are... <laughs> Otters are natural. Ot- ot- to- well, everything's a natural top to fox, but apparently he says not everything. I don't know. Otters are the bottom makers. They... <laughs> I like that. I need that on it. I got a Honey Badger Don't Care t-shirt. I need an Otters or the Bottom Makers t-shirt now. Design one for me, okay? That's your homework this week. Like, I, can, like, I can't draw. Sure you can. Well, you know people, you know. Did I tell about the shirt I made for the club last night? It just said bear hugs. Yeah. And then underneath, there was a tally marks for how many bear hugs I'd gotten. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. It was awesome. And then I, I spilled jello shooters was, on it. He was straight pimping. Or gay pimping. <laughs> Pride week. Pride Week. All right. So enjoy Pride Week in your town. I know it is for Washington. I think it is for... So I know there, there's a bunch of Pride Weeks going on because it's all around Stonewall and stuff. Uh, so Queen Bee stinging mad. Yes. So enjoy your Pride Weeks. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening for 20 great episodes and stay tuned for at least 20 more. Anyway, stay tuned for more and we will see you next week. Ciao.